but this is not your fault. It isn't any of our fault. We have been cultivating rotten soil for centuries based on the failures of those who came before us. But did they not also try and make a better world with the remains of what their predecessors created? And so on and so forth until it feels as if humanity, 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 humanity was destined to fail if we consider our existence through this reasoning, through this reasoning. But that is not true. Why does a mother nurture a child by so dearly, if not in the hope that they will live a better life? Why do our farmers continue to sow and reap and reap and reap crops if they hold the expectation that the mouths they feed change nothing? We, all of us, are destined for greatness, yet aspiration is often corrupted to greed in this world. This world! But not in our world. Humanity is not the problem. We have hopes, we have aspirations. Thus, it is this land, the nature rather than the nurture, that turns us to us. But what can we do about it? What will we do about it? We will leave. We will travel and we will cultivate new soil, never before seen by the likes of humanity. And we will create perfection. My friends, old and new, though we have likely never met before, my message goes out to all of you, personally. You have come to rid yourselves of the injustice of this blighted land. Before you lies our escape, this marvel of human ingenuity. The heaven's gateway stretches out in front of you, not just a promise, but the assertion of something better. We will welcome you with open arms to tomorrow. We welcome you to the future. I welcome you to our station, your road to salvation, your way out. If you are here, it is likely you know the fundamental truth of our reality. Within our world, there exists discrepancy and suffering on a scale so monumental, so exuberantly overwhelming, that grasping, 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 grasping the sheer scale at which man kind has failed is impossible. Entry Log of Alexander Mitivia Day 2 The time is 20.35 Good progress made today. Kept a steady pace along the side of the railway without stopping for most of the day. 
stopped twice for ration breaks. The surroundings continue to resemble the deciduous forests of the Asterum region, and I expect it will take another three days to break into the more sparsely littered forests that mark the border of the country. No discernible anomalous activity during the day. Few signs of wildlife, and I have now confirmed that no vegetation grows on, or nearby, the actual metal of the rails. Reason currently unknown. Rations remain uncompromised. Supplies will be sufficient for another two weeks. Plans for tomorrow. Follow the tracks throughout the day and continue to confirm my various suspicions on the nature of the tracks. Personal thoughts. I do not know what metal the builders of the rails used, but I suspect it was imported from overseas. The railway appears rust-free and spotless, Similar to newly lain metal, in opposition to the rail network across Asteron, which is typically characterised by the brown metallic sheen that lines the rails. As for why they went to such extensive measures for a transport system that was unlikely to see much usage given the one-way nature of the journey, I do not know. I also suspect a mild psychological effect on the mind while travelling. While my watch records my progress as having travelled for 8 hours and 37 minutes, due to the constant presence of the railway at my side, internally, I cannot discern how long it felt. It could have been 24 hours, or as little as 30 minutes. I have little to confirm this theory yet, and thus leave it to be little more of a mental fallibility. That is all. Alexander Mitivia. Day 5. The time is 2054. Travelled for 9 hours. Journey similar to other days. No discernible changes in environment or temperature. No further statements on routine. Explored beyond railway into forest. No... No factual anomalous behaviour within. Railway easily concealed within the forest that surrounds it. Is this why it appears so few have travelled through? Due to its concealment? Regardless, plans for tomorrow. Continue walking. Personal thoughts. I expected to begin to run low on rations in the coming days, so I entered the nearby forest to forage for various supplies, such as water, edible herbs, or the small game that tend to live within these forests. I travelled through the undergrowth for several hours. The vegetation appears to grow at the characteristic veracity that most of the plant life does in this region, making it harder to navigate the more densely populated areas of the forest. I found a small stream and replenished my water sources, distilling them over the evening's fire pit. I also collected various rations of the abundant herbs and plants in the region, such as verdely, parslin, jaila, jacaswil, and basil. Doravan appears to be native to this area, with most trees bearing the bitter fruit. And while they are substantial in nutrients, they are incredibly rich and sickly, and must be eaten in significant moderation to prevent throwing up. In terms of wildlife, 
these forests are usually populated with smaller mammals and various species of bird. I have not seen any living creatures since I left the station. Except for, well, this entry log is to record factual events, along with various musings on the nature of a soldier's assignment. To use such an important record for the folly of the human mind and imagination is a disservice and affront to the militant obedience that Asteron prides itself in. However, while what I wish to record is likely conjecture and, if anything, evidence of my mind deteriorating to the extent where it creates major hallucinations and other significant sensory deprivations, it is important to myself that I record my experiences. Somewhere. It happened around an hour into my foraging effort. My memories of the event are hazy. Natural light becomes warped under such thick foliage, and I tend to feel disoriented by the results. Long, looming shadows blend alongside gangly, stumpy silhouettes cast by trees in a thousand different directions. Towards the late afternoon in these forests, I find it hard to discern what's real and what's not. I have been travelling this railroad for some time on my own, but it is only within there when I truly feel alone. It is rarely quiet in this woods. The leaves rustle with a dry emptiness high above me. The whining of the creek bug droned in the back of my mind there constantly, and the steady crunching of dead leaves under my boots. Save for these sparse sounds, there was nothing. These forests are never this quiet. These forests are never this quiet. I longed for the keening of a king crow in the trees above me, or the crazed rush of some small prey crashing through the undergrowth. The absence made me feel like the forest here is dying, for lack of a better word. Not that something so ancient and transcendental could possibly understand the concept of death. To imagine something so much bigger than the common man would be capable of such a simple end is impossible to comprehend. Regardless, I was distracted with my thoughts as reflected thus when I entered a grove. The brush cleared into a much larger space. The characteristic tall, looming oaks of this forest bordered a blanket of thick, plentiful grass dotted with the occasional wildflower. There was a lazy shimmering of light from the sky, suspending this place, this moment, in the silent late afternoon. In another world, I would have found this peaceful. But then, it stepped into the grove. This creature. A bug, I think. It was massive, far taller than me. It had these gnarled antlers that pierced into the hazy twilight, the bone diffracting again and again a million different capillaries that branched out and formed a, well, appeared to resemble a halo. I couldn't make out the colour of its skin, but its eyes, I, they, as bright as headlights with this cold, piercing brightness and its pupils just black. Not, no, not black, but 
as if there was nothing behind those eyes. And everything. And it turns its head to look directly at me. A, a regular buck isn't able to see face on, but I... I knew. I knew that without looking directly at me, it was. Staring at me. Seeing me. Knowing me. It just stood there. I just stood there. Paralyzed. And then I ran. I don't know for how long. I knew I had to be away from this creature. This dead forest. All of it. Fruits and branches scratched me as I sprinted. I had lost track of which way I was moving. The shadows grew and twisted, spinning and contorting around me, a carousel of dark, twisted figures dancing around my vision. I didn't know how to get back to the path I had made through the forest. Back to the railway. And as soon as I had had that thought of this thing, these tracks, I saw the foliage giving out in front of me. There are daylight shining past trees in the brush and pushing through. I found myself out in the open again in the fading sunlight. The sky was clear above me, a deep waning navy, and in front of me was a single stick impaled in the ground. A marker where I had decided to enter the forest. I was exactly where I had left in front of the railway. I haven't seen the creature since. I don't know if it was real. I will only forage alongside the railway from here on. Day 14. Nothing has changed. There is no logical way we should still be within Asteron's forests. It should only be a week's journey to the border from the capital. Either my mapping is incorrect, or this railway is. And I put my faith within our Asterovian cartographers. These tracks are architecturally perfect. Two brilliant shining beams of steel, perfectly straight, no dense blemishes or stains. How? Have they ever even been used? Ahead of me, they stretch on. I could not say for how long. Behind me lies home. Which is exactly why I can't go back. So I keep moving forward. There is an old fable they tell to new recruits in the militia about loyalty. There is an old man who has served for his entire life. As a baby, the only way his distressed mother could cease his tears was handing him his father's old, battered rifle. The fable talks of his many endeavors throughout his life as he grows, border skirmishes where he turns the tide of battle single-handedly. Countless times he puts his own life on the line to save a young soldier out of his league, or an overconfident veteran, and so forth. I have heard a million different renditions, each wilder and grander than the last. 
I once heard someone try to sing it over a campfire. That wasn't very good. But either way, this old man has earned every medal, shook hands with the royalty a thousand times, and still sits in the barracks with the new recruits every evening, sleeping on a bare mat among his much younger comrades. One day, our king picks up on this and is puzzled. Why would he choose to live in such decrepit conditions when he has the legacy and status to put himself in a position of pseudo-royalty? So, our king approaches the man one evening and says, That story isn't true, you know. <laughs> Get back! Oh my stars! I didn't mean anything by it. It's just a rumour I've been told. What? No, I... I meant... Just stand back! Okay, just put the gun down! Or at least don't aim it right at me! Why did you sneak up on me? I didn't mean to. You were just there, and... You were standing directly behind me. If I knew you got so scared by it, then I wouldn't have. Sorry. Where did you come from? Back that way. Then... You were following me. That's impossible. I I would have seen you. Or heard you. Listen harder next time. I was walking along Heaven's Gateway, and then I saw you, so I approached you. Heaven? The railway? Yeah. That's what the man over the station speaker called him. Anyway, I think he likes the name. I think he just likes being a little dramatic. He. Heaven's Gateway? What? He has a name. It would be rude not to use it. Can I sit down? Would you leave if I declined? Not now that you've phrased it like that. What's your name, anyway? I should have asked earlier, but the whole, you know, gun thing kind of had me distracted. Alexander Mitivia. Cool. I'm Cassiopeia. It's a horrible name, so just Cass, please. That's a scryer's name. You're from the Oracle House. A lifetime ago. Divination wasn't really my thing. Anyway, that doesn't really matter anymore. Not with Heaven's Gateway, at least. He gets me. I wanted to get away, and well, here he was. Hmm. So, you're a soldier? Was. Ah. Still keep the gun, though. Self-defense. Usually, pointing it at somebody is enough to make them go away. Usually. Mm. Usually. <laughs> it, it's just intimidation. There's no bullet. Loaded, I mean. Mm. Pretty old though, huh? That leather is really faded. And all the marks along the side. You've been in a lot of fights, haven't you? That story you were telling. The old soldier. Who were you talking to? I was writing in my entry book. Out loud? I guess so. Not... not intentionally. It gets quiet here. Too quiet. Just... something to fill the silence. Finish the story. Oh, why? You said you already knew it. So? <sighs> Alright. So, our king approaches the soldier one evening. Our king offers him 
um, riches, land, rewards beyond any soldier's wildest imagination, as rightful payment for his duty to our country. And our king, kneeling down beside a dingy, metal-framed bed to be at this old man's level, is declined. And our king, rightfully outraged at his royal decree being turned down by a soldier, no less, increases his offer, gifting this man one of the royal palaces and everything that comes alongside it, a noble ship, a wife, and so on. The man shakes his head. Our king demands why he would decline such an incredible offer, a life of luxury, the dream of any common man that so many good people slave their entire lives away to even dream of attaining. And this old man looks at our king in the eyes and says, What would I do with all that wealth? The most valuable thing I've ever held is a rifle. He was right, by the way. Not because of its significance or the duty that comes alongside it, but rather the types of metal needed to smelt the chamber within are incredibly expensive. Nevertheless, our king forces him out of the camp into a noble's palace, refusing to be slighted by a soldier. He dresses the man in robes, feeds him exquisite meals, and adorns his palace in jewels and gold. The man dies a week later. Like a tree pulled out by the roots. There was no soldier's funeral held for him. I've never heard that version. He always accepts the money in the end and lives, well, happily ever after. It's about being rewarded for good duty to the country. That's just... Depressing? It's the only rendition I enjoy for its truthfulness. You can't make a noble out of a soldier. Some people are just... dedicated. Once they've started down a certain path, they can't stop until they're at the end. Of the road, or... of their lives. Do you know where it goes? No. No... logical guess. Well, give me an illogical guess, then. They... never finished it. It just... ends. The station was abandoned, which means funding or interest stopped at some point. Or both. That sounds pretty logical. I was expecting you to say, like... It's going to take us to a haunted city, or it goes on forever, or something. (laughs) Well, if you think it doesn't go anywhere, why are you walking this way? Not sure. Why are you making this journey? Do you really think there's some incredible haven at the end of this path that's just been magically cut off from the rest of the world? Not really, but I thought it was something interesting, something new. Things felt so stagnant back at home, you know? The oracles taught us, oh, spend your entire life dedicating yourself to how to break your mind apart and drive yourself to literal insanity so you can have a vision and tell one of the king's 300 advisors that you've seen into the future and if farmer whoever plants this year's wheat in his leftmost field, it will wither and die and crop production will be down by 2%. I've seen how the older grains get. They need help choosing what to eat for breakfast because they fear eating sheared eggs instead of scrambled might send the world on a spiral into degeneracy and oblivion. It's worse than being senile. Nobody has that much power over the world, no matter how much they convince themselves. Then you never answered my question. Why Heaven's Gateway? 
I... I don't know. Come on, don't be so boring. I'm not walking with you if you can't even tell me what you want out of this journey. Fine. It's... easy. Comforting. You walk forward. That's all you need to do. I needed that routine. Well then, why did you leave the army? I appreciate you opening up about yourself. I'm afraid I don't want to talk about my past. But- Ever. I'm sorry. Some things are better left unsaid. Have you killed people? Yes. Okay. Wait. The... The birds, they're... They're back. Back? They never went anywhere. No, back there, there was... It was so quiet. I I didn't see any animals, let alone hear birdsong. But now... I missed it. You must be really unlucky. I usually see something every day. Birds, obviously. But sometimes those small hunting cats prowling through the brush. Or the hare they're chasing. Oh, once I saw this bear. I think I saw it maybe a month ago. A month? How long have you been here? Oh, I haven't been keeping track. At least two whole cycles of the moon. At least... over 70 days. You're sure? Mm Mm-hmm. How come? This is my 15th day walking. Oh, wow. You must walk fast. Wait, that's not possible. No, it isn't. But, you know, so what? What? Either you're superhumanly fast, which I doubt, or things are just weird around here. Either way, so what? You didn't think Heaven's Gateway was strange from the moment you got to that station? Okay, look. How come you've basically never heard of this place, despite the fact it's only a 30-minute walk out of the capital? How about the fact that the station was unbelievably old, while the gateway himself is pristine? Or the fact that he's not only untouched, but travels in a perfectly straight line, and yet doesn't seem to pass any roads or cities or the actual Asteron train tracks? And still nobody talks about him. Have I made my point? Yes. Thank you. This place is weird. There's nothing either of us could possibly do about it, so... Let's just be glad there's some things in this world that haven't been discovered yet. Not everything needs to be understood. Let's just enjoy the feeling of not knowing while we can. Mm. While you've been walking, have you seen any, um, deer? Mm. I don't think so. Deer don't really live this far south anyway, right? Yeah, I, yeah. No, they don't. That's what I thought as well. Day 18. The trees have begun to give way. The bulk of the forest is no longer present, and while the oaks of the forest are still growing, I've begun to notice a much wispier tree. 
with a pale yellow complexion to its bark, skinny and limber, growing in the more frequent plains that divide bunches of trees. The air has also begun to grow more humid. I remember the feeling. The cloying feeling of damp fabric against skin, the festering wounds that the heat provokes to rancid infection. I know the memory. I know where it's taking us. Why? We weren't travelling in this direction, we shouldn't be here, and yet, I find myself being brought back to... What are you writing now? My log. Hmm. So do soldiers ever use it as a diary? Or is it all just things like, We marched for ten billion miles today. Thomas got gangrene and died. <laughs> Mostly that. They encourage creating a personal thought section, but separating it from the log itself... Bias isn't really encouraged when recounting information from a day. Bias? Do you know how stupid that sounds? Like, feelings are just some factual error that need to be removed from our robot super soldiers. They really try and just suck the soul out of you, huh? Yeah. Making machines out of people. It's kind of scary. Anyway, I wanted to try and scry again. Now? Why not? It's something I can do, and maybe it'll tell us something about this place. Maybe something cool that'll happen later, you know? Is it that easy? To just do it? Kinda. Only a crone is considered to have the talent to be able to see something significant in a ritual. The rest of us should be glad if we see, I don't know, a flower that's gonna bloom in a field a few miles off. It's also incredibly stressful on the body, so we only ever do it in groups. Don't look at me like that. I've only seen three people die from it in my lifetime. That's incredibly few. I'll likely just have a headache for a few days. It really doesn't sound like it's worth it. So? I think it's worth it. And you can't stop me from trying anyway. So you might as well help. Fine. What do we need to do? Well, if you look to the stars, you'll see that my constellation is most apparent at this time of year. Cassiopeia, I mean. Oh, look for kind of like a really wonky W. It's almost directly above us. Oh, ah. Got it? All right. So as theory goes, each of us was born under a point in the sky. If you're born under a constellation, then you're granted the power to see through the stars. Like massive glowing eyes. Cassiopeia, the vain queen, tends to show warnings of hubris and the such. Not that that's like a rule or anything. The oracles just really want to make everything a pattern with a reasonable beginning and end. Anyway, none of that really matters because all I have to do is press my temples and push my thumbs against my eyes. Like this. Okay, and then? There's a book in my bag. Grab it quick. You get it. It's right next to you. I can't. I'm doing the eye thing. Oh, have we started? No. What now? Find the page about individual readings. There should be a bookmark. Okay. There's a few diagrams and some text. You need to read from where it says, General Incantation. Bottom right of the page. Alright. There's a lot of details on how this should be done. Are you sure this is safe? Trust me, I've seen it done a million times. In all honesty, it's just as calm out here as it is in a scrying chamber. So the conditions aren't too different either. So I just read it out loud? Mm-hmm. 
There's a bunch of hand movements that I need to do while you talk, but just focus on the reading. Talk clearly and slowly and at a steady pace. If you get distracted and stop talking for too long, it can be dangerous. Like if the brakes on a train are slammed really quickly, you know? Okay. One thing. Yeah. Be careful. I don't want to have to look after a comatose patient. Ready when you are. Go. We, the Ursensia House of the great nation of Asteron, do commence the following ritual. A neutral incantation to divine and scry the fate of the coming days. We ask the great and almighty watchers from beyond the curtain of our world to lend us their wistful and all-seeing vision. We do not wish to challenge the will or the might of the all-seers through these acts, and do not claim to achieve this power through any means but the blessing of the beings above. We bow ourselves to your infallible strength and transcendent bodies and worship the beauty and awfulness of your forms. We devote ourselves to the fullness and knowledge your eyes hold. We praise and admire the welcoming heat which your loving bodies provide to feed and nourish our lives. We tremble and weep at the magnificence and scale of yourselves, the very essence that makes up our reality, and humble ourselves before you, and rejoice in the privilege and gift that we may interact with such overwhelming beings. We cannot attempt to comprehend your minds, nor the reason you choose to present or act in the way you do, but rather beg for you to bestow upon us a fragment of your magnificence, so that we may see, prepare, and continue to devote ourselves to you. We love you and hope that your gifts of beauty and awe prove that you care for us in some form, however that may be. Channel your sight through our cataclyst, so they may communicate to us even a small aspect of your wishes, however you choose to present them. Bestow upon our chosen visionary the message that cannot be spoken, sight that transcends seeing, knowledge that outshines knowing. Interface with one of us, your alien presence touching the mind of one of our equally alien forms, so that we may love and be loved the way we- Cass, are you okay? Did it work? Cass? It's going to rain tomorrow. What? It's what I saw. It's going to rain tomorrow. Not badly. But if you have a raincoat on your bag, probably put it on. You're shaking. I'll be fine. Wait. Did you say you endangered yourself for the equivalent of a weather forecast? I could have told you that. Just look at the clouds. Because I am angry! Exactly! This isn't funny! You could have gotten yourself killed or fallen into a coma or something and- Alex! Alex! I didn't see anything! I was just messing with you! <laughs> Don't do it again. I won't. It wouldn't be as funny. But it would still be funny. They could have taught me, if I stayed, how to properly scry, even if it wasn't as a solo scryer. Maybe I could have learned where Heaven's Gateway leads, you know? I can't go back. They'd kill me. I made it everyone else's problem when I left, shouting and screaming and trying to set fire to whatever scrolls I could get my hands on. Really? <laughs> yeah. 
I was really upset at the time. They were so suffocating. I couldn't do anything on my own. Shared rooms, clothes, toothbrushes. Never had a moment to myself. I... Ugh. Just thinking back to it makes me feel gross. But that wouldn't have been forever. A few years and I would have been sent off somewhere with a coterie. Maybe had some space to myself. I would have been useful. I could have pushed through. But I didn't. So? Huh? It's like you said. So what? Clearly staying wasn't an option. You made the choice to come here. And if you can't go back, then... There's no if. Just now. And the future. And I'm sure you're a lot happier here than you were there. Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. Why don't you want to talk about the army? Because I'm a different person to who I was then. At least, I like to think I am. A lot of hurt. A lot of bad feelings. Alright. The past stays where it is. I hope so. I'm more interested in what is ahead, anyway. What lies ahead? I really hope it's cool. I'm getting so tired of just walking every day. Do you think there's any trains? Oh god, I hope so. Can you imagine how nice it would be to just sit down for a while? I mean, while moving? What if it's automated? Like, there's nobody on board? Did you hear about that ghost train they discovered around Septus region? It was a whole set of carriages, but when the soldiers boarded to see why it wasn't stopping at stations, they found out the driving carriage was empty. Mmm, no. No? Come on, it's a really good guess. The university disproved Lyhara a few years back. They fired a man above the clouds to see if anything was up there, and there wasn't. So I don't think this goes to the floating city. Also, the tracks aren't travelling vertically. But Heaven's Gateway is such a fitting name. Anyway, clearly he doesn't abide by the scientific rules the university came up with, so who cares? Discovered, not came up with. Anyway, you can't just justify every one of these with the railway is weird. That's too easy. Fine. I like the Heaven's Gateway problem. I think that's interesting. It's your turn. Where does it go, Alex? Back to Astrid. What? Maybe it's a political statement. That they believed a true perfect society already existed, and the person over the recording just wanted to make a point about how great Asteron is. Obviously, I'm sure some people would disagree, but how could heaven not be biased anyway? It's fine. Four out of ten. Too boring. What? Since when were we doing ratings? Since right now. But I didn't get to rate any of the ones you did before. For example, zero out of ten for the one where you suggested it ends with my mother's death. You hear that? Red in gore-filth and blood. To hell with honor and duty and hate. With a twenty-first glorious and great. This song. There! Someone slumped over that rock! They don't look too good. We should go. Wait! He's injured. Do you have medical supplies in your backpack? Yes, but... Good! Get it out! 
He's in a really bad state. There's a lot of festering wounds. <sighs> are you okay? Just hold on. It's going to be all right. Alex, what are you doing? I need disinfectant, bandages, and a split. Alex. What did you say? Alex. But yeah, this is Alex. Do you know him? Cass. I don't have a voice. It is you. <laughs> don't just stand there. Get over here. Let me see you. Look at you. What what happened? You're so gout and... Where's your confidence gone, Alexander? Where's the bleeding... Lysander, where are the others? Wait, you two know each other? Know each other? We're the twenty-first. We killed together. We... <coughs> Alex, whatever your weirdness is about, stop it. He's looking pretty bad. You have a knife, right? His shirt is completely stuck to his shoulder. I think it's really bad under there. Help me rip it off. I... All right. Lifesavers. I thought I wasn't going to make it. <laughs> Probably still won't. It was alabaster troops. They got us pretty bad, Al. Two shots covering the retreat. I'm sorry to hear that. You know, all the times we've left people behind, I'll tell you, Al, it fucking hurt to see them go like that. You never think you're the one getting ditched, take You just leave people to die? Yeah. It was a... rough regimen. Very competitive. Rough? What is your spirit, Al? We are the best damn squad in Asteroid. Name another troop that swept in and took the entire town right under the noses of the Alabastan army. The 86. In 57. Cowards and carrion peckers. How many of their own died on that raid, just to prevent a few civilians getting killed? I don't want to talk about this. Tough, you brought them up. You asked the question. The 21st was the best goddamn thing we have ever been a part of, Al. They left you to die like this, and you're still singing their praises. It's what we do! Just because it's me being dropped changes nothing. I didn't complain when we left Henry because you couldn't keep up with the rest of us. Or when Rissa had to go because she couldn't shoot her damn gun anymore. The one with the amputated hand. Remember? That's horrible. It's war. No dead weight. Remember, Al? Don't look like that. Rule seven. Come on. Don't tell me you forgot. Or are you just being stubborn about this? Alright? Rule four. Go. Come on, Al. Rule four. Never. I don't think they'll say. They've said they don't really want to talk to me about the past. That's what they told me, at least. Never say no to a challenge. What a killjoy you've become, huh? What happened to the soldier I watched cut Wh- down- Why are- How are you even here, anyway? You're the second person I've seen here. Where? This railway? Yes. God, I don't know. It's been... Fuck. Maybe four days since the others left. Carried on. I tried to follow them at first, but... God knows my legs started shaking and I couldn't see properly and just sat here to rest. Didn't even notice the tracks for a few hours. Haven't gotten up since. (laughs) my leg, Al. 
got done in the thigh and I can't walk proper now. Never think it's going to be you who's dragging everyone else down, huh? I'll never forget their faces. Watching me as I insisted I could keep up, that it was just a scratch, that I'd be fine. And they looked at me like I was a lame bitch. They were sympathetic, sure, but all I saw was so much damn pity in their eyes. Not that it matters. As soon as one of them turned their back on me, so did everyone else. <laughs> damn best six years of my life. The places we went out, the things we did. And I'd still be there now, if it wasn't for that damn ambush. Pock was supposed to be keeping cards, you know, the bastard. Probably asleep at the post, I'd bet. And I'm the one that gets the boot. If it wasn't for those damn incompetent recruits who can't tell their gun from their shoes and those damn cheating Astorovians pretending to be some of ours to hit us where it hurts and the damn weather and my goddamn fucking leg. What happened, Al? We were heroes. This isn't how we were meant to be treated. Where's the glory? We won and then we won again and we kept winning again and again and again and nobody gave a shit. Remember the story they told in training camp? About the old man who gave every year of his life fighting tooth and nail for our country. Of course he gets everything he wants. Riches, palaces, women. What about us? It was our personal visit from our king. Summer of 72. We were posted out north in the Hibbervade. There were only 13 of us at the time. It was dark and cold, but not the cold that kills like in the wastes. The kind that's shaken out by a good fire and better drink. We just finished clearing out a hostile outpost. We were exhausted, but proud. We were doing it. We were the 21st, and we could do any damn task that anyone threw us. Remember? And then you stood up. Face flushed bright red after only two drinks and started singing. With his guts on a spike and his head in the mud. I said I don't want to talk. Yeah, I know what you said, but clearly you're not remembering correctly. <laughs> it was the funniest fucking thing, Al. We still sing it. At campfires in the evening, it reminds us who we are. What we're here to do. You made that up, Alex? I've heard it once or twice. It's pretty messed up. It was... Al is messed up! They're bloody filthy and a damn animal. I don't know what this whole new uptight attitude is about and... And what you said about you leaving the past behind. The fuck? is she talking about? What does she know? He said you'd be back in a couple of months. Hasn't been that yet, has it? Oh! The report. How did that go? Uh, you know, a few of us were pretty confused when you said you were going personally. Usually someone comes with a letter or... Oh. 
You are never gonna come back, are you? You lied to all of us. To our faces. It's... You're a deserter. You turned your back on the most incredible moment of your entire life. Where's the bleeding soldier gone? I said not to... Alex? Did he just call you... The... Bleeding soldier? Oh! You're trying to cover it up as well. Alexander, fuck me! What do you think you're doing? Why are you so scared of being one of the best war machines Astron's ever seen? Lady, did you hear about the time you convinced an entire Alabastan squadron to stand down and then... Don't. Al here strode forward with one hand. They strangled their commander right down there and nobody did a thing. You could hear bones cracking, honest to God. Alex, you what? It was a long time ago. I swore never to kill someone with my bare hands ever again. Oh, 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 or all the time where you decided to... You stop talking now. Or what? Am I going to become another notch on the side of your rifle? You know what those marks mean, lady? They're not. Alex, are they... Stay out of this. You shouldn't listen to this. And why not? I deserve to know who you are. Who I was. This isn't me anymore. Yeah? Just running away from your past. Tell me. Do you still keep writing in your logbook? It helps me order my thoughts and... You are still a soldier. You're still in there just... Waiting to be let out. Al, stop being so stuck up and come back. Help me up. We'll walk together, you and me, catch up with the others. Yeah? Back to how it used to be. It's not too late to go back for either of us. You're delusional. They gave up on you. They're testing us, Alex. Alex, they're testing us. A test of loyalty. If we stay focused, they dedicated. They'll welcome us back. Especially you, bleeding soldier. You're the best damn soldier they had. I look up to you, soldier. You were my role model for a long damn time before I started getting my hands bloody too. You're a hero. Wait! You're in no state to Fuck! That hurts. Come on, Al. Let's get out of here. Back to the grind, eh? Al? Don't look at me like that, Alexander. You're pathetic. What do you think you're doing? Taking some imaginary fucking moral high ground. You can't hide what you are. A lifetime of death doesn't just leave, Alexander. You can't wash away the blood on your hands. Stop! You can't use pretty words to apologize to the children of the people you... Alex, what are you... I... Mean it. Be quiet. Oh! So this is what a peacemaker does. Face it, Alexander, you can't change. Even now, you're fixing problems the way you always have. With cold metal and a bullet to the front of the head. Remember, Alyssa? Our traitor girl? Lysander. How you dealt with her. You could have just shot her and finished it there, but you had to drag it out. Didn't you? Hurt her, make an example for the rest of us. Do you feel remorse? Do you still remember plunging the knife into- You said 
You said there was no bullet. I know what I said. You lied. It was the only lie I told you. I I can't believe I've been traveling with a... Hell, all the things you said about moving on from the past. So I I can never change, can I? I'm just going to be branded like this for the rest of my life. You liked me. If you had never hurt him, then you would have never... You killed him right in front of me. He was dangerous. I know what these men can do. He reminded you of the past, because that's all you're doing, trying to kill who you were. You hid all of this from me, hid this monster from me. God, from yourself. Fuck. You didn't see your face. You didn't see your eyes. How you looked as you pulled that trigger. You liked it. I did not. You had a chance to prove you weren't that person, Alexander. You could have walked away. You could have put up with what he was saying, but you didn't. I'm trying to be better. I I was better. It's why I left. Because I'm trying to... Kill the past? Clearly. Please don't go. You... You made me talk. I haven't just had a normal conversation with somebody for so long. It was nice. I forgot I could. Just feel like a regular person. I've heard the stories of the hero of the 21st, the bleeding soldier. You don't run away from that. You can't just wipe away that name. I... I don't know what to do. That isn't my problem. Don't go. There's a good person inside you, I think. Maybe you can change, Alexander. Don't try and follow me. I doubt you could, anyway. I think Heaven's Gateway has shown us both something that we needed to see. Maybe that's all this was. Goodbye, Alexander. Good luck. You're real? What are you? (laughs) I don't understand. Why are you here? 
Are you following me? Do you know what's happening? Do you want me to go back? Is that why the railway took me to him? To... To face my past? Answer me! Am I doing? No. There are no answers to any of these questions. Are there? You're just a dear. And this is just a railway. Maybe. Well, it's a long walk to... somewhere. Probably. Might as well get started. Are you coming? It's quiet out here. I'd appreciate the company. I think. a passion project with little funding or professional input. Your support is greatly appreciated. Written, directed, edited and produced by Taino Morato Spain. The role of the conductor was played by Amber Shamshi. The role of Alexander Mitivia was played by Taino Morato Spain. The role of Cassiopeia Starcia was played by Katie Stout. The role of Lysander Askia was played by Nikhil Girard. Made in Audacity. All credits for sound effects go to Mixit, the BBC, and Zap Split's respective websites. Thank you so much for listening.